0: And welcome to AADE's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Angela Forfia, Senior Manager of Prevention at AADE, and we've got a great show for you. Today we're talking about the Medicare Diabetes Prevention Program, or MDPP, an expanded model of the National Diabetes Prevention Program that includes an evidence-based set of services that help you prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes among Medicare beneficiaries. We've invited Certified Diabetes Educator and Registered Dietitian, Linda Schoon, to share her experience as an early provider of the Medicare DPP at a health system in Northern Colorado. After hearing about her journey, you'll walk away with a better idea of how to create a strong foundation to become a Medicare DPP supplier, how to engage key staff and collaborators that will help your application, as well as getting inspired by the many benefits you and your program participants can expect. Linda Schoon is an RD, CDE, trained lifestyle coach and an AADE master lifestyle coach trainer. She's been a diabetes care and education specialist for over 20 years. I first got to know Linda through her work as the Diabetes Prevention Program Coordinator at UC Health Poudre Valley Hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado, where she oversaw a robust diabetes prevention program with 32 in-person cohorts in eight locations across the northern part of the state. Linda's Diabetes Prevention Program received full recognition from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in spring 2018 and was one of the first programs in the country to become an approved Medicare DPP supplier. Linda has also been incredibly generous in sharing her experience and expertise with the Diabetes Prevention Program and with Medicare DPP, at national and state conferences with the participants in our lifestyle coach trainings through webinars and through one-on-one consults with other healthcare systems across the country who are embarking on their own Medicare DPP journeys. So it is my very great pleasure to welcome Linda to the huddle. Welcome Linda.
1: Thanks, Angela. You're very generous with your comments, but you know that I
0: have a passion for this and I love sharing my um, experience. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience with all of our listeners. So Linda, as you know, before you become a Medicare DPP supplier, there are some important steps you need to take first. You need to apply to CDC as a pending diabetes prevention program. You need to get trained as a lifestyle coach. You need to recruit that first cohort of participants do the program submit your data to CDC every 6 months and once you have that full year of participant data CDC will you know take a look at that they'll evaluate your attendance your retention your outcomes and if your participants are achieving those outcomes CDC can then give your program preliminary or full recognition so once you advance to that level of recognition then you can apply to be a Medicare DPP supplier. And sometimes, you know, people get so excited that Medicare is covering programs (laughs) that prevent or delay type 2 diabetes that they just start sending claims off to Medicare before they complete those important steps. So I just wanted to get that out of the way so that we could then talk more about Medicare DPP. Um, So as you just heard, becoming a Medicare DPP supplier has some challenges So why would anyone want to do this? Why is it so important for an organization to start a program to prevent or delay type 2 diabetes for seniors?
1: Well, Angela, we have learned in our experience that there's several different reasons. I guess, first of all, if you look at the National Diabetes Prevention Program research, we know that seniors are a high-risk population. And they can actually gain the most from an intensive lifestyle change program. The research showed that they could reduce their risk by 71%. That's a lot. And seniors that participate are mature, they're experienced, they have been around the block, they're not looking for a quick fix. They've tried a lot of uh, other health or weight loss systems that haven't been successful. And they are ready to make that commitment for a lifestyle change. Um, Another advantage to um, having them in your program is that most of them are retired. So they do have the time to commit to that full year and they have time to um, participate in activity. In their communities or on a personal basis, but the the biggest advantage, you know, to have them in your program is because they need it, they want it, and you are providing a really great service to them. A lot of people who are thinking about the MDP don't really think about they think, only think about all of the hard work that has to go into to become a a supplier, but actually having these this population in your program. Has you engaging an audience that provides stability and success and sustainability to your overall program. So that's kind of a side benefit of having the Medicare participant in your program. I guess I would say that if you're looking to advance your CDC recognition or keep your CDC recognition or to look into the future to possibly engage new payers, then doing the Medicare DPP can be the foundation to your program. The Medicare participants will give you, really give you a leg up as you are engaging other priority populations in your community.
0: I think that that's something that really stood out to me when I first found out about the National DPP and found out about CDC-recognized lifestyle change programs is just how incredibly effective they were with seniors, you know, that the the older you were, the more successful the programs were. Um, and, you know, that has benefits both to the folks who participate and also to your, it sounds like to your program as a whole. I know there's folks out there listening to us, you know, maybe there's someone who, you know, is, has, tuned into this podcast. They have seniors in their community. They're serving Medicare beneficiaries within their health system. You know, maybe they've been doing this program for a while, for a couple of years. They've, they've reached full recognition or maybe they're, you know, like this close and they're at, you know, we sometimes call that like preliminary plus, like they're almost there. How should they get started? How should they kind of embark on this Medicare DPP journey?
1: Well, if they truly are at that preliminary plus stage or they have full recognition, they can look back at their program and see what works and what didn't. But also, they have to count the cost of what goes into their program. And I have used in the past the AADE Prevention Network materials to help calculate what we call the true cost of doing the work You need to prepare yourself to uh, state your case to your leadership that this is worth taking on. And so the people that are in those positions that would be ready to send in their application, um, they already know what it takes for this program. The scales, the room rent, the labor cost, the printing materials, and this true cost calculator can really reveal some things. What it revealed to us was that the more classes you have, that helps lower your cost of providing the program. We also learned that the bigger your cohorts are, the better. Fifteen participants per class versus eight can help you pay the bills. And as you build your program, you'll get practice in working more effectively, utilizing your coaches, uh, whether they be RDs, RNs community health workers more effectively you can recruit larger groups and maybe if you have two smaller groups see if it's a possibility to put them together and just do those little things that help get you your outcomes that you
0: need so it sounds like what you're talking about is doing some forecasting just like you would if you know like you had a small business of kind of looking back and seeing the expenses for your program and looking at how your participants have done in the past so that you can kind of plug in what the anticipated Medicare reimbursement would be. And then you kind of get a sense of like, well, this is what we need to break even, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Since we already knew previous to MDPP what our break-even cost was, then when we looked at the Medicare DPP reimbursement, that is a a performance-based model, we knew that we could cover those costs if our outcomes were good.
0: I know that the Medicare's reimbursement model is kind of complicated, so I don't want to get too much in the weeds on that. But this is really a different way of getting reimbursement, right? So we're kind of moving from the a fee-for-service model where it's like I have 15 people participating and they're all going to get the same amount of reimbursement to a value-based payment model. So could you kind of boil that down for us?
1: Well, it is kind of complicated, but I believe the reason that Medicare set it up that way is they want to make sure that people in the program it. They want them to retain or stay in the program. And they want to make sure that that we help them do everything they can to lose that 5% of their starting weight. And that lines up with the CDC recognition measurements too.
0: So something I hear from a lot of sites, and we get emails and phone calls, and we're out doing presentations all the time, is that sites are really worried about that 5% average weight loss for their Group level, and then getting the 5% weight loss from individual participants for Medicare DPP. What strategies have you used within your groups to get as close as you can to that 5% weight loss for participants?
1: Well, again, I go back to looking at what has worked for that program in the past. If they are already at the preliminary plus or the full recognition stage, Of the recognition, they have some clues as to what it takes to achieve those outcomes for retention and for motivation to lose the weight. Um, I really believe that aiming to have the participants achieve the 5% weight loss in the first six months is a big plus, not only for the Medicare participants, but if you set that expectation for everyone in your DPP program, it will benefit everyone if you set that bar high early while the motivation is strong your participants will respond one of the practical ways that we help them follow or track their weight loss is we make up the weight charts or graphs and we have certain key times in the on the chart to show them when they have reached 3% Five percent or seven percent of that weight loss. And then they know that the goal is reach that five percent line uh, in the first six months. I think that that is just one of the, one of the keys. Um, there are, of course, many others, but take a look back at what has worked for your program in the past. And you can see maybe it's the timing of the class. Maybe it's the location of the class but just try to utilize your coaches effectively to those um, areas and times of day that you can get more people in and uh, recruit to those populations that are highly motivated.
0: Great. I think that's so helpful, you know, being able to use your own experience of doing the program to inform what you're going to do next. So I'm sure that as with any public health program, you're going to have People who participate in the program that do well, that achieve that 5% weight loss, that attend the program, that are retained through the program, and you have others that won't. So there might be times where the Medicare reimbursement doesn't fully cover the cost of a particular participant. Is that something you experienced with your system?
1: Well, I have to say that Medicare reimbursement gives you the opportunity to break even, but I give a lot of credit to our supportive healthcare system and our leadership. If you have them standing behind you, that can really make a difference. Our particular system sees that our diabetes prevention program can contribute to their larger goal of population health. So for those few people that don't make the mark of the 5%, uh, where we will get a little less reimbursement. Um, we do have the support of the healthcare system behind us.
0: Great. You know, it sounds like you had a lot of advantages going into this process. You had a system that was standing there behind you, uh, ready to support you. Can you tell me about some of the experiences that led up to this point? Well, it took our uh,
1: program. A little while to get to the point where we would you know be at that recognition spot. but in our year, the early years of our program we had a lot of support from AADE. We were able to be a part of the 1212 grant that uh, helped us with startup funds for our program. but it wasn't only about the money. AADE provided us with uh, training, technology in the form of DAPS, which is our database for our diabetes prevention program. And then, of course, tools like the real cost calculator that I mentioned before. We got a lot of support in those early years uh, from AADE as well as our uh, state health department for um, just moral support as we started our program. And then I guess the other thing that Really was to our advantage was we had a strong team of coaches. Um, I've always said that lifestyle coaches are really the heart of any successful diabetes prevention program, and we have awesome coaches. They have had, you know, some experience with group classes, but none of us ever had the experience of being a part of a full year program before we started the DPP. So it was all kind of new. We weren't sure who would be successful at this and who wouldn't, but when you see any of them in their DPP cohort group, they have the skills to relate to the participants. They take extra time to understand the participants, and they provide that extra support that allows the participants to reach those goals, like the 5% weight loss. I I have seen them really what I call get into the lives of the DPP participants and they get that bond and they help facilitate the group dynamics in a powerful, powerful way. Uh, Your coaches will make a difference for a successful program and to get you set up ready to become an MDPP supplier.
0: You know, having seen... So many lifestyle coaches in action, you know, it really brings home how important having that person with prediabetes at the center, but then having that coach right there with them. And I, I love that phrase like getting into their lives and taking that extra time. And I think that we're all starting to see how important having a a coach that's present and connected and supportive of a group can be. So, you know, and it sounds like you have a lot of coaches. You know, I I said at the beginning, you know, you were doing 32 different cohorts and eight different locations. So what advantages do you think you've had working with a team within a larger hospital system?
1: Angela, we had a lot of advantages. We are housed in the diabetes department, which had already been billing CMS for DSMT and MNT for over, thir- excuse me, over, over 20 years, probably about 25 years, which helped, uh, helped the billing team and that coding team to have an, a little idea of, of working with diabetes services and CMS. A community program that is just getting started may not have those advantages. When we got the announcement in October of 2017 about Medicare DPP, we started planning right then and there. The the small team of myself and my manager and our data coordinator tried to reach out, and our big question was, who do we call? How do we do this? And then we kind of stumbled upon our self-pay committee that already had a group of people on their team that had someone from billing, someone from coding, from someone from IT and EPIC, which is our EHR. They had someone from registration there. And um, I believe they had some legal people on the team too. And it just turned out to be a real happy accident that all of those people that we needed to talk to about MDPP were meeting in one place and we could use that pool of expertise to start our discussions about becoming an MDPP supplier.
0: Great. That's like a, a DPP dream come true. It's like all of the people I need to talk to already are on a committee and they're already meeting. That's right. So it sounds like there, were that, there was that formal structure of that committee that was meeting, which was just perfect. But Did you use any, you know, I know like when you work in a big organization, sometimes you have to use those informal channels to get things done too. Did you do any of that as well? Oh, we had to because we are in Northern Colorado and a lot of the key players
1: or decision makers are at, um, in Denver at the UC Health uh, facilities there. And even some of the decision makers are not in our same building in Northern Colorado. They are in another location. So we spent a lot of time sending emails, uh, phone phone conference calls. We uh, found out that there was someone in our system that worked with just government reimbursement, I think is what it was called. And so because of that, we were able to get our MDPP application through in lightning speed, 25 days. We submitted it April 1st. And it was uh, approved. We got the approval letter April 25th. And we would never have had that happen if it had not been that there was someone in our system that was used to filling out those extended applications and understood the process uh, and that they already had those connections with CMS
0: and could help us make it happen. That's fantastic. So we talked about... All the things that you had going for you, did you encounter any challenges along the way that you know might be common challenges for people out there listening and wanting to make this happen?
1: I'm smiling. Yes, absolutely we had challenges. <laughs> One of the big problems right off was that there are many, many, many people outside of the diabetes uh, department that do not know the difference between diabetes prevention and diabetes self-management and training and support. To this day, we still have people that don't understand the difference. Um, Registration was delayed. They thought that we could lump all of the diabetes prevention participants with the diabetes and nutrition visits. Um, We had to start there with just a lot of people. It probably took six months for our contract guy to understand the difference between those two, uh, and when he finally got it, it was like we just had left this big cheer out in our office. It was like, yes, he gets it. But having said all of that, there were some pains, there were some mountains. They, there were some uh, tugs at the heart when we didn't feel like we were being heard. And yet, those people on those teams that worked for us for six months to try to get everything set up. They are our biggest allies right now. If we need anything for diabetes prevention, we have their name on our list and they, they know us and they uh, have been wonderful to, to help us out.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so this sounds like quite a journey, uh, <laughs> but, you know, since since you have traveled the road, you've gone over those mountains and, you know, overcome those barriers, What's it, What's at the end of this road for us, Linda? You know, where are you now with your Medicare DPP program?
1: Well, we've had so many success stories with this population. I am just so proud of all of these participants and the coaches that helped them reach their goals. We have had uh, we had 28 people in the first year that were enrolled in MDPP, and uh, we of those 28, 24 achieved the five percent weight loss. And 12 more have achieved their 9% weight loss. And that first year isn't complete for everyone. They love the program. They're improving their health. They have, we have testimonies of lowering blood pressure meds, cholesterol medications, improved quality of life. It's, it's been a game changer. It's also been a game changer for our program. The, the, the average percentage of those people... That reach the five percent for uh, CDC recognition has gone up. So if your program has MDPP, they can give that can give you an edge, and I believe it's really given us some clout with private payers. Uh, we have uh, commercial payers that are talking to us now. And it's, it's really opened up some doors for us, I believe.
0: You know, something I always appreciate about hearing you present, both at our annual meeting and when I've heard you at state meetings, is that you give some words of inspiration uh, to carry with you as you're, as you're traveling this road. So what's been the major takeaway for you with the, your Medicare DPP experience?
1: Well, I really feel like if you look at those things we talked about early on, on why to do it, just remember that it is about population health not on not only are we talking about that side benefit of helping support your program in sustainability but you're doing the right thing you're helping these high, this high risk group and if your organization has that population health mindset we are the specialist. We are the diabetes care and education specialist that can, that can give a boost to those goals. And I really believe that we're headed to help a lot more people. But it all started with becoming that DPP CDC uh, recognized program and then just working your way through that process to become an MDPP
0: supplier. Great. Well, thank you so much for, again, being so generous with your time and sharing your story with us and providing some words of advice for people that are thinking about becoming a Medicare DPP supplier or starting on that journey. And thank you again. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Today we heard from Linda about her journey to becoming a Medicare Diabetes Prevention Program Supplier. She shared some great advice to help you start receiving reimbursement for your diabetes prevention programming. She talked about the tools you need for your planning phase, the colleagues you can engage within your health system who will be valuable allies as you get ready for Medicare DPP, and the many benefits you and your program participants can expect from implementing a successful and sustainable program. To learn more about becoming a CDC-recognized lifestyle change program or a Medicare Diabetes Prevention Program supplier, visit diabeteseducator.org DPP. To access resources and notes from today's discussion, visit diabeteseducator.org podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.